Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we like to discuss the details and mention it all. All right, let's get into the episode. So today I'm going to be doing a review of a podcast from Maria Menounos. Uh, It's called Heal Squad. Uh, But first, just a couple uh, personal updates and some of my segments that I've newly developed. Uh, Well, first of all, I did want to welcome all of my new subscribers. So thank you to those who subscribe to my premium content called Craving More. So for those of you who are listening right now, you get two episodes a month. They're free. And then I do have two premium content episodes called Craving More every month where you can subscribe uh, and get those two episodes, which typically has a lot of premium content, uh, hot topics, uh, also some controversial topics that, you know, are safer behind a paywall. Uh, So please click on subscribe if you'd like to support the show. Uh, Another way to support the show is to leave a review, uh, leave some stars, leave a comment, uh, and that always helps us podcasters so much. So, but I did want to welcome my, I did get a few new subscribers. So welcome. My subscribers are my favorite people in the whole world. So I do appreciate each and every one of you. Um, so I have developed a few segments. So my first is my personal update, which includes my tasty treats of the week. So this is a very food forward podcast. I love to celebrate food. I love both healthy food and indulgent food, as those of you who have been listening for a while know. Uh, so yeah, so last weekend I had my Memorial Day weekend party. I did talk about uh, in my last episode some of the things that I was going to cook. And I have to say, everything came out great. I was smart enough to do a lot of the cooking and prep work the night before, and also to make things that I didn't have to cook while the guests were there, because uh, typically I just get too drunk before people, uh, before I end up cooking the things, and they just it ends up going to waste. So... Uh, so yeah, so things came out good. The night before, uh, I did do a lot of prep work. I went and picked a bunch of the fruit that I wanted to, you know, freshly squeeze for mixers. I got a bunch of grapefruits and oranges, and I I, I basically took all the rind off of them so that I could squeeze them in the morning through my juicer and have fresh grapefruit juice and orange juice for mixers. Now, I spent a long time doing that, and literally no one even had a sip of it. I actually did try the grapefruit juice with some vodka, and it was it was very tart. I mean, I'm not surprised people didn't drink it, but I had like four or five carafes full of it, and it just went to waste. I mean, that fruit came off of my fruit tree, so I did want to use it anyway, so it's not a complete waste, but... Uh, it was a waste of time because I put a lot of like, you know, a lot of uh, hours, actually, yes, hours into doing that and nobody, it, it was totally a waste. But anyway, uh, I had also gone, so this, the party was on Saturday and I was excited to make homemade guacamole. So I did go grocery shopping on Thursday and I made the mistake of buying extremely uh, unripe avocados 
And so as soon as I got, I'm like, oh, should I get ripe one? Should I get, and I always want things to be as fresh as possible. And I don't like overripe avocados. So I made the mistake of getting these way too unripe avocados and just stressed Thursday, Friday, and Saturday that they weren't going to be, you know, ripened enough. I had them out in the sun. I had them, I was like Googling, how do you ripen a, an avocado quickly? And they basically said you put, the, the best practice is to put it in a brown paper bag with a fruit that releases this, this like chemical into the air that helps ripen fruit. I did that. It didn't work. Uh, and the putting them in the sun did work a little bit, but we ended up having, I literally bought, I had bought like four bags of avocados and then had to go out and get another 18 large avocados that were actually ripe. So thank God Sprouts had this section of avocados that said already ripe. I'm like, thank you, Sprouts. So, uh, so yeah, so I did make homemade guacamole and it came out so, so good. I mean, by the time I was like in a rush at the end, so I was I was like Chad, my boyfriend. I'm like, can you please mash these for me? So I put him to work doing some of that. Uh, the night before, I also uh, what did I do? I I sliced up all the veggies because I had this like hummus and tabbouleh tray, and I wanted some you know cucumbers and and carrots and pita chips and some naan crackers. And so I made this nice little Mediterranean tray with some delicious hummus and some olives. And so I was able to slice up all the carrots and, and vegetables the night before. So that was smart. And then what else did I do the night before? I, I just did little things like rinse the rice so it was ready to go and so I did all that stuff the night before. Uh, the corn salad, the Mexican street corn salad, I did omit the mayo, as I had talked about before, because I hate mayo. I ended up replacing the mayo with a little bit of olive oil. Uh, it came out great. I mean, I, I liked it. it we had t- way too much left over. So some of it went to waste. I didn't eat all of it. I did eat leftovers for a couple days. So... You know, my body does not respond as well, I think, to Mexican food. Uh, I don't know. It just makes me really bloated. I think all the corn products and all the flour and all just the heavy, like, guacamole on top of corn, on top of rice, on top of tortillas, on top, you know, it's like it's a lot of of heaviness. And so, um, but anyway, so, so yeah, so the, the guacamole came out great, the Mexican street corn salad came out great, even without the mayo. Uh, Chad did all the meat, so that was good. My Rice Krispie treats were like the talk of the town. (laughs) Not going to (laughs) brag. They're not that difficult, obviously. Anybody that's made Rice Krispie treats, all all the parents at home are like, "Uh, you're a loser. Um, (laughs) These are like so easy. But uh, now I'm going to make them like every day. I, I love Rice Krispie treats. I did regular Rice Krispie treats, and then I did Fruity Pebble Rice Krispie treats. And I mean... Every th- that was like what people came up and commented on. So, uh, so that was good. And uh, what else? Um, that's pretty much it. I was just you know I I did get a charcuterie tray that I probably didn't need. One of the one of the cheeses that I bought for it. I don't know. It got weird when it was sitting out too long. And it, it just I had to throw it away. Nobody. I didn't. I don't think one, anybody ate one bite from that cheese block. Uh, but the brie got eaten. I got ate brie. I don't know a lot about cheese. I mean, I didn't eat cheese most of my life. So 
I don't know that I'm the best at picking cheese. So if anybody has any tips for charcuterie cheese and you'd like to DM me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast, also please follow me. Um, I'd love to hear from you because I'd love some some cheese recommendations for charcuterie. I hate blue cheese. I hate gorgonzola. Um, I, I like a brie. I like a cheddar. So I'm, I'm like a basic bitch when it comes to cheese because like I like the cotija cheese. I like feta cheese. I only like cold feta cheese though. Anyway, that's my diatribe on cheese. So, uh, so yeah, so that was the tasty treats of the week. I mean, I've just been pretty much eating leftovers all week because I've been too busy this week to go grocery shopping. And we had so many leftovers that if anybody has been listening to, the, to me for a while, you, you know I hate wasting food. So I've been making a bowl of corn, uh, rice, and turkey meat, ground turkey meat with the taco seasoning. And that's basically been my dinners, although I have been having some balance with my healthy, my trusty old healthy protein shake, my superfood shake that keeps me on track. And, and that so that's been good. That's been a good balance for like the heavy Mexican food. But I did go to Loco Patron to get a few pints of salsa. And that was probably the best idea I had that day. That salsa is so, so, so good. So that's been the best thing that I've had for leftovers. So I've been eating a lot of that, uh, getting back into some workouts, been doing some running, some uh, some planks, some push-ups. But um, yeah, so that's an update on my tasty treats of the week. Now, for my mental health check-in, I always like to do a little mental health check-in. If you've been listening for a while, you know I've been very low and very high. This week was a pretty good week. Um, I am taking some online classes. I'm trying to learn some new digital marketing techniques so that I can grow this podcast. I mean, eventually I'd love this to become, you know, my full-time job, but... uh, and so it's been it's been a busy week. I've been a little bit stressed out trying to learn some of these, you know, tech systems and new softwares. I've also been trying to learn Facebook. I know that sounds really pathetic, but you know, I was never really big into social media. Uh, for anyone that follows me at the Diet Obsessed Podcast on Instagram, that is where I've really put all of my social media anything. You know, I miss the MySpace craze. I miss the Facebook pay, uh, craze and, you know, everybody tried to get me on Facebook when it was popular and I was, I just wasn't interested. And when I heard about Instagram, I'm like, you know what, let me get on Instagram since it's like the new thing and figure that one out because I've already missed the boat on Facebook. But the reality is Facebook and trying to grow a business, you know, having a Facebook page is important. So I've been trying to figure out, figure out Facebook and uh, that's been not fun. But um, there's this other, I've been taking a couple other online classes. So it's just been a lot this week. I've just been kind of back to back to back to back, just making, just doing a lot of things for the podcast and then learning these new classes and then, um, you know, like all of the stuff with my cannabis company and uh, my other job that I have now, my sales job. So it's been a lot, but, you know. I don't have kids, so parents have way more to deal with than I do. So I always put that in perspective for myself that I'm nowhere nearly as busy as parents are that, that also work or even just parents in general. So uh, so mental health is is pretty good. 
Then to get into my next little segment of diet culture media moments. Okay, this is my new segment called diet culture media moments, where diet culture is brought up somewhere in the media. Now, I didn't read this article, but I did read a a headline that Air New Zealand is going to start weighing people for international flights. And, you know, maybe they can get away with that in New Zealand. If they tried to do that in America, I can only imagine that there would be a huge uproar over that. And that just would not be as acceptable in our society for a company to do something like that. Maybe in New Zealand where they don't have, um, you know, as much obesity as America, maybe that's going to be a little bit more acceptable. I don't know. It's It was interesting. I, I need to look more into that. But I, I just thought that, that was really interesting. Uh, the second thing was, uh, for those of you that watch Bravo, you know, I'm a big Bravo fan, Vanderpump Rules. So their season uh, reunion, their first reunion was a little over a week ago. I haven't watched the next one yet. I'm watching that with my girlfriends tomorrow for our Bravo night. But uh, the first episode of the reunion, Ariana, who's like all over the news right now because of the Scandaval cheating episode, she was talking about how she had lost five pounds in like two weeks and how she's you know, and and she was getting tons of compliments. And that's what we see, right? That's the common thing that we see that, that you know, people, people feel like they look better when they lose weight, a lot of people, and they get compliments on it. And it's no longer acceptable to, uh, you know, talk about people's weight loss in society. Like I remember this other day, I was interviewing someone for my sales job. And one of the things that we have to ask them to do is show us their identification. And so this guy that I was interviewing holds up this driver's license. And he, like, I could tell he was like, he was probably 100 pounds less than the picture. And I, I had to hold myself back from saying, wow, did you lose a lot of weight? You look great. Like I had to, I had to st- physically stop myself from saying something and uh because it's just it's not appropriate right like that's why i created this podcast so that we have a safe space to say these things and talk about these things um but because he he could he could have gone through cancer i mean who who the hell knows you just don't know i mean that so I, i get why it's not appropriate to comment but people people that have worked hard Right. Like one of one of the people that just subscribed lost 150 pounds and she wants to maintain it. And she's freaking proud of her weight loss. She's worked so hard. I mean, what an accomplishment. I'm sorry. I think that that is a huge accomplishment and one to be celebrated Um, anyway. So so I didn't comment on it. And then later, as we're interviewing, we were getting into his, you know, past relationships. And he was telling me about a past relationship that he had. And I was like, Oh, where did you guys meet? And he was like, Oh, we actually met at a fat camp. And I'm like, Oh, my God, that's crazy. And he was telling me it was like this, this, you know, fat camp up in uh, New York somewhere. And he he almost married this girl. And I said, well, you know, what happened? And um, he said that basically he was doing really like he was being really strict with his eating habits. 
and, you know, very like diligent and sticking to his program. And she wasn't. She was eating whatever she wanted. She was, you know, not not making, you know, nutrition, high, high nutrition value uh, choices, if we want to say it that way. She was making more indulgent choices. And so he was like, I, I was like getting mad. He's like, I would like get cranky and be like, what the hell are you doing? And, you know, so it ended up ruining their relationship. She just didn't want to deal with his attitude and she wanted to be with somebody who was more accepting. And and of course, like it's, it is hard to be, you know, if you have very specific goals and your partner has opposite goals, you know, and it's hard, you know, I, I know I've gotten annoyed at, at my boyfriend when I've been being really focused and, and trying to really choose, you know, mainly whole foods and I see him eating candy and I'm like, damn you, like I want some of that candy, but I'm trying to be really conscious of, you know, lowering my sugar intake or lowering my processed food intake or whatever. And, and it's, it is, it's, 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 it's hard. So anyway, getting back to media moments, right? I went off on a little tangent there as I tend to do. Uh, the, Vanderpump Rules, though, is filled with fat phobia. I mean, especially James Kennedy, he's always talking about, you know, calling people fat, calling people, you know, just making fun of people, tearing people down. So that's not good, right? Like, it's, it's, it's terrible, the things that he's, he's said sometimes. So Vanderpump Rules is definitely one of those shows that is immersed in diet culture um, and I thought needed a mention on this podcast. So there you go. That's diet culture media moments. All right. So now for our final segment, I wanted to get into the podcast review as we always do. So I wanted to review on my last episode, I had mentioned that I had found out that Maria Menunos has a podcast. It's called Heel Squad. And I was I was very interested in hearing her because I've I love Marina Menudos. I'm a huge fan of hers. I think she's super talented. I think she's I think she's a good person. I mean, everything I've seen her from her, she just seems like a very down to earth, you know, good person, good, hardworking, goal oriented woman. Uh, and she's from the Boston area. So, you know, having lived in that area, kind of, you kind of like tend to bond to people or want to bond to people. So And she's also gone through some crazy health challenges. I mean, her mom died of a brain tumor, and she had a brain tumor at the same time. Thankfully, hers was benign. But her mom had a glioblastoma, and Maria was able to keep her alive for way longer than is typical by following, helping her mom follow like a ketogenic diet, Um, you know, because sugar... Sugar doesn't cause cancer, obviously, but <clears throat> cancer, you know, cancer cells definitely, uh, you know, I think there's been some proven science that sugar is not good when it comes to cancer, uh, it, at least having having a, a strong intake. And I think you can slow down. I don't know if it's been proven in robust trials or not, but uh, there's definitely some evidence proving to if you if you take out sugar from a diet when you have cancer, it will slow down the progression of the cancer, or at least in some cases from from what's been reported. And and at least in this case, it did help her mom uh, live, you know, extend her her life many many years. I think she lived five years, where life expectancy is only like six months under a year. 
And she also used cannabis. And, you know, obviously I'm a huge believer in the medical properties of cannabis. So, you know, hearing that story and, um, you know, I've just I've always been a fan of hers. And then she just went through another cancer diagnosis. I'm trying to remember what kind of cancer. I probably have it in my notes somewhere, but she just announced it. She was fighting kind of privately. And, um, you know, what she seems to attribute to the cancer, to many of her cancer diagnoses, is the amount of stress and toxicity in her life and how, you know, the people who she was surrounded by. Now, she used to work at E! News. And if you remember, I don't know if any of you were watchers of E! News, but she came in after Juliana Rancic was kind of towards the end of her career. And again, I don't know this for sure, but I believe from the research that I've done, um, I think that that was the conflict really was between Maria and Juliana Rancic. And I actually don't know that for, for sure. So don't quote me on that. Allegedly, that was some of the conflict that she experienced. And just she was like, people were threatened by her. People were threatened that she was coming for their job, that she was coming for their career, that, um, you know, and she is a very motivated person. So, you know, there's always been, you know, I, I mean, I've been in in corporate worlds where, People that I work with hated me just because, you know, I'm a very goal-oriented, kind of aggressive person when it comes to business. Like, I want to hit my goals. I want, and, you know, I, I, there's been people that I've worked for that I've worked with as colleagues that have been other women that have really torn me down and have, I think some of it has been that they've been a little threatened by me. And and in one instance, it was a situation where I did replace someone's friend, right? Like I remember when I, uh, I don't know if how, how detailed I want to give this story, but I uh, when I went to work at this very large fitness company, there was a person who was in the role that I ended up getting promoted into who wasn't hitting his goals? He he wasn't. He he was a great guy, super nice man, and very good friends with the woman who ended up becoming my boss. <laughs> and I think because he she wasn't my boss at the time, she became my boss after I replaced her friend. <laughs> and and again, he didn't get fired. He got moved into another role that he wasn't really in that inter- I think he ended up getting offered another role and ended up declining that and, and left the company but um, but it wasn't it wasn't my fault it was just that they saw they saw that I would push harder for these goals than this person that was in there and and that's business right then unfortunately that's kind of the cutthroat world of corporate America where if you're not hitting your goals you're going to get replaced businesses have to succeed businesses have to thrive and if you don't have the right person in there you do need the right person to succeed in business that's just a fact that's a that's a cold hard business fact and um, so anyway I have experienced on a much smaller level I think some of some of what Maria has experienced. And it can, it's really hard. It's really hard to be in a work environment where people don't like you. (laughs) It sucks. It really, really sucks. So I think what she experienced, I think she attributes to, you know, toxicity building and making her sick. So anyway, um, 
So I scrolled through, I assumed that there would be a million episodes that I would want to review. And as I started scrolling, starting from her most current episodes, I scrolled and scrolled. She does a lot of like energy stuff. She does a lot of, I don't know, not a lot. I mean, I I like that stuff, but it's not something I want to like put a detailed review into. So the one I ended up coming across that I was really interested in was the one entitled Secrets of Successful Women. Now, I am huge into female empowerment. I believe that the world would be a better place if more women were in power. Um, You know, I would love to see a female president sooner than later. (laughs) You know, that would be nice. I think there'd be less war. I, I feel tremendously for women in Afghanistan and Iran and, you know, just all over the world where women have less rights than we, we have here in America. And so I'm just, I'm just a huge believer in, you know, I love seeing, that's why I like the Kardashians, because it's like a bunch of billionaire women that are, you know, changing, changing society, really. So, so anyway, she started with this quote, Uh, from Dolly Parton, where it said, if you don't like the road you're walking, start paving a new one. And I really like that because that's, that's why I started this, this podcast, I was, you know, really frustrated in the cannabis world and seeing male colleagues around me work less hard, like work, work in a, in a lower capacity and, and diversify their, what you know what they were focusing on for their success while I was like laser focused on one thing and I'm like wait a minute why are all these men around me like okay with giving less to this project and 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 they're okay with being spread thin while they build these other things that are going to bring them wealth and success and that was a huge moment for me where I'm like I I need to think more like a man. I need to think more about protecting myself, building a future for myself, building something that I own outside of this cannabis company that ultimately was my ex-fiance's, you know, dream. You know, he he was the co-founder of this. You know, it's his brand. It's his logo. It's all of that. And that's not to say that, you know, that I, I obviously own a large part of this company and and have have reaped rewards from it, certainly. But um, I've also gone through a lot of bullshit for it. And um, and I'm just I'm at a point where I'm like, OK, I need to do more for me and more for my future and also do stuff that I love. Right. I was in this place where I was like kind of miserable. And I'm like, and I realized I'm like, I can change this. Like, I have the power to change this right now. And I didn't want to just abandon that company, but I also needed to put some some effort into something that I love. So that's where the Diet Obsessed was born. So so I like that she started with that quote. And I, I guess her, I'm assuming that this woman that she was talking to, this woman, Kelsey, is like her co-host, or maybe it's her producer. But um. She said that she's surrounded by, she was talking about an event that she went to. And I'd seen this picture. This is why I wanted to do this, because I saw Maria Menunos in this picture surrounded by like 
uber, uber successful, powerful women like Oprah and Kim Kardashian and all these people. And I was like, what is this? Like, what is this event? And so this is what this podcast is about. So she was surrounded by self-made women at an event. And she's like, she was talking about how she typically doesn't like going to events. You know, she realizes it's a privilege to get dressed up and to get invited to these things. But ultimately, she's been doing it for so long that she's just like kind of over it. But, um, but, you know, she's like, she's like, but this one, she's like, she's like, usually these things can be really awkward. But this one, she's like, I was really excited for. So, um, so she's like, Maria was saying how she likes more intimate events. But, um, this one was this woman named Anastasia, and she's apparently this eyebrow guru in Beverly Hills. So she has a salon. She has a makeup line. I think she does a lot of other products, like beauty products, besides just makeup. But apparently she is a billionaire. <laughs> like This is a woman that owns like this insanely successful brand. And she was celebrating the 25th anniversary of her brand. And yeah, Maria was saying that her company is over worth over a billion, that she is a self-made woman from Romania, and she just worked really hard, and she's a good person. And she just likes that she was in, Maria was very inspired that she could she was that Anastasia did it through hard work, being a good person, just like Oprah did. And she's like, it's nice to know that that can work, right? And and I have, and I felt the same way. Like I've seen really cutthroat people in business and I'm like, that doesn't resonate with me. I don't want to be like that. And I'm like, do I have to be like that to be successful? And so it is gratifying to see when people do it, you know, it is gratifying to see people do it the honest, forthright way. So so she went back. Maria told the story of how she first met Anastasia. She said she first met her back in the day at this gifting suite. She's like, when that was a thing. She's like, back in the day, she's like, all these brands wanted celebrities to like know them and wear their brands. And so they would give, they would have these gifting suites where they would, you know, give them all these free things so that they would be seen wearing them. And when Maria was walking through, Anastasia had a little table set up. And she was like, you, she's like, I've been wanting to get my hands on you. Get in this chair. And she wanted to do her eyebrows. And Maria was like, I have never let anyone touch my eyebrows. She's like, because back in the day, she's like, I'll never forget when I was really young. And this was when like the Kate Moss, like those really thin, like pencil eyebrows were in, in style. She's like, this woman at church said, never touch your eyebrows. And she's like, that just seemed like good advice. So she's like, I never did. And she's like, but she's like, she did trust Anastasia this day. And she's like, she's been going back ever since. So she did such a great job. Um, and she was just saying how Anastasia never says no. She's like a woman that just is constantly giving. Uh, she told a story at the party that, you know, Heidi, Heidi Klum, the only time Anastasia did say no to her was when Heidi Klum was like, I want you to do my eyebrows. But Anastasia looked at her and she's like, uh, first, you need to regrow some of the eyebrows and then I can do my work on you. So she's very positive, very passionate about what she does. She said, the thing that I admire about her is that, you know, some people, when they reach a certain level of success, they forget the smaller people. 
You know, they, they're like, oh, well, I don't have to work on her anymore. I don't have to talk to her anymore because now I'm doing, you know, Madonna or Oprah. She's like, she would never overlook people and get into that like comfy status. She's like, she always seized every opportunity. You know, she was so smart and she would send people like all the makeup artists and people uh, that, that worked on celebrities. She would always send them tons of products. So they always had her stuff. She's like, she always invested in herself. She was always a hard worker. She gave great advice. And um, so so Maria just really admires her work ethic and, and, you know, how she built her business. And so she went to her, she said she had the event at her beautiful home. She had this entryway full of flowers and, and everybody was asked to come solo. So nobody had an entourage. Nobody had like a crutch. And she's like, it was smart to make all these women come alone because it really forced everyone to interact. You know, she's like, there's no, there weren't any clicks. It just made it a much warmer experience. And so she, she, she talked about the guest list. She's like, I, I just need to drop some names. She's like, because the guest list was awesome. So she's like, Alessandria Ambrosio, Oprah, Ashley Tisdale, Jennifer Lopez, Cindy Crawford, Heidi Klum, Jessica Alba, Kim Kardashian, Kris Jenner, Lori Harvey, Rita Wilson, Priyanka Chopra, Sharon Stone, Sofia Vergara, and then and then women that are really high up in the corporate world, like the CMO of Sephora, the executive vice president of Nordstrom, uh, a partner, a female partner at Goldman Sachs. And so, you know, I mean, can you imagine being around that many high power, successful women? I would just I don't know what I, I, I mean. I love to learn from people. And I am awed by by people that have really built these massive companies. I'm just, I'm, it is very inspiring. So Maria ended up going shopping for a great outfit. And her husband was like, he was like, Maria, he's like, you're going to help a lot of people at this event with health stuff. He's like, she's like, he's kind of psychic because she's like, I ended up talking to people all night about their health. And she was, you know, cause she, because she's been doing this podcast that's focused on healing, you know, she's met a lot of people in like really successful people in the wellness space. So she started referring people. She's like, oh, you need to go talk to this person. Oh, you need to talk, go talk to this person. So, you know, she felt like she was really able to like pass it forward and, you know, and help people give, you know, make some good connections for people based on on health needs. And so then she was just describing how there was an artist there who was drawing pictures of, of everyone in their gowns and then put those photos at their place so they knew where they were sitting. I mean, how cool is that? That is bougie AF. I love that. That's such a nice detail. Uh, and then... And then I guess Chris Jenner stood up and, and gave a speech about how much Anastasia helped with the Kardashian brands. And she was so grateful. This is actually, I think, really important to note. Uh, women supporting women, right? It's kind of a cliche statement, but it sounds like Anastasia actually helped the Kardashians come up with their makeup lines and their brands and and help point them in the right direction. And for her to feel like, I just want to help. I'm not feeling 
like um, competitive or jealous or threatened that somebody else is going to start a beauty brand besides me, that's a special person. I mean, I, I mean, I have to say, like, I've always been, I mean, I remember when, you know, when, when we took off at Grasp, and I've always been been scared of competition a little bit, but that's a wrong thought. I've always tried to get that out of my head. Like, it's coming from more of a place of abundance and and generosity and and it all comes back. I, I do believe that. And so I just I think that that's a really good lesson that help help other people. Help other people and it'll come back to you. So and and to not do it just so that it comes back to you, right? Like that's that's not the intention, but just just the desire to help people. Uh Anyway, we're all striving to be better people, I guess. I, I, I don't have that much in me. I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to go back and try to find the interview that Maria did with with Anastasia, just because I, I think she's somebody that I would really be inspired by and can learn from. Anyway, so part of what they were doing besides celebrating uh, Anastasia's brand was also celebrating Oprah's birthday. And so Sharon Stone gave a great speech about how much she's helped the world and empowered women. Uh, J-Lo got up there and gave a great speech and she said how Anastasia, when J-Lo first moved to L.A., she's like, I didn't know anyone. She's like, I didn't have any family. She's like, I was away from my family and really lonely. And Anastasia became her family in L.A., and that's so that's so beautiful. I mean, to have all these really high powered women show up alone. I mean, it just it does say something for how good of a person she 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 most likely is. And and then Oprah came over to say hi to the group. And Maria was like, I just need to talk to her. So she's like she jumped on her as soon as she came over and she reminded her that she had interviewed her. And and after all the toasts, she's like, I just wanted a private word with Oprah because I didn't want to say this in front of other people and come off as negative. But she wanted to tell Oprah that what's always struck her is that Oprah did it the honest way. And she was so grateful that she could be shown that it could be done, you know, that you don't have to sleep around or do drugs or, you know, do these nefarious things to get ahead. You just you just have to, you know, work hard and be a good person and and care about others along the way. And she's like, and Oprah was like, thank you for honoring me. And she's like, it's, it is hard. She's like, but it, it absolutely can be done. And, and Kelsey, the, the, the producer was like, what, what's she like? And, and Maria's just like, she's amazing. She's like, I mean, how do you not say something to her for something, someone that's just inspired me so much. And, she just said it was the most genuine event that she's ever gone to in Hollywood. She's like, everyone is so inspired by her. You know, she's so talented and real. Uh, she's like, her success hasn't changed her. She's like, it's 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 really a very rare thing. Um, you know, she's loving and protective of everyone. You know, everyone had a vulnerability, you know, at, at, at the, you know, that, that came. And she's like, she ended up talking to Jessica Alba and Priyanka Chopra. And, and so she had a, she had a really, really nice, inspiring time. And so Kelsey then asked, you know, this is an industry, it's hard to maintain those friendships. I mean, how did she do it? She's like, you know, she's, she, she's like, she loves and adores everyone, she, but she's so busy. And Maria's like, she puts in the work, you know, she shows up 
and relationships do take work. She's like, but she's like, I, I think what helps is we all understand that, you know, we're all hustling to do something great. And so we do give each other grace. You know, we don't have to see each other all the time to reconnect and, you know, and come back together. And I've actually been putting a lot of thought into that lately about, I mean, my favorite people are people that and I have so many friends because I've lived in so many states, you know, a lot of my East Coast friends, I don't see them a lot. But when we get back together, I mean, it's been, God, it's been like three or four years since the, before the pandemic that I've seen all the girls that I went to college with. You know, usually we get together for dinner and, you know, I, I just, I think going through the the court case with my company and and, you know, having no money for so long and not really being able to even go out to eat, I think, and being in that like state of depression for so long, I did allow myself to kind of disconnect a little bit. And I didn't put as, as much emphasis on my friendships as I should have. And so I'm, I'm kind of back in that mindset now where I really want to make a strong effort to connect with people and, and catch up with my friends and, um, you know, like one of my old college friends is a subscriber. Hey, Linnell. Uh, so I'm hoping to see her the next time I'm on the East Coast because she she does, you know, work hard to connect us all. And I, I miss her and I miss all my friends. So I am going to put that effort in. I, I this 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 podcast was a good reminder that you don't want to lose connection with your friends and to put some effort in. Uh, so so then Kelsey just asked, you know, are there any other great conversations and uh, she was just talking about how, you know, her conversation with Jessica Alba and how just, you know, when they worked on Guardians of the Galaxy together, that Jessica had taken them all out to a French dinner. And, you know, she just she was she was very focused on asking Kevin, who's Maria's husband, like, well, are you proud of your wife? You know, like basically just like, you know, being very like female empowerment like you should be really proud of her give her the kudos that she deserves and um so so i i like that i really i I like the whole female empowerment vibe of this this episode and so so kelsey asked is there a common theme around all of these successful women and maria was like it's hard work right it's putting in the time you know, they were willing to to make a lot of sacrifices. And, you know, when you reach this kind of level of success, you miss things. She's like, and, and they understand the value of being there for each other, um, but also the value of sacrifice. And she's like, you know, who, Heidi Klum, she's like, she, she, you know, Maria gave an example of this time that Heidi Klum grabbed her, her agent when they were all at an event together and was like, you're not doing enough for her. She should be a superstar. Why aren't you working harder for her? And, and I'm a big believer in that. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, giving recognition to people who deserve it and, and helping push them forward. I mean, there's so many comedians I, I listen to that I love. And every time I see them on social media, I'll be like, I'll, I'll make a comment, I'll clap, I'll, I'll tag SNL if there's a really good impression, just to just to support them in a in a small micro way. But um, hopefully to bring some attention to their talent so that they can reach the level of success that they're meant for. Um, and so, so Kelsey was just like, yeah, she's like, that's, that's really, that's, that's that's great that that you went to this event, you had the opportunity to meet these people or reconnect with some of these people. 
And Marie is like, I think it's hard to believe that you can make you you can make it in this way that works, that there's a recipe for caring for others, working hard, being a good person, you know, humility. And so anyway, she Maria was in awe. Maria was inspired. She she, you know, had the takeaways of, you know, these are all women who have who have put the work in and and reap the rewards. So so that was inspiring for me. Hopefully I know most of my audience is is female, so um, so hopefully you found some inspiration in this as well. Uh, one thing that I did get curious about with all this Oprah talk, because I had actually just listened to this other uh, podcast called Maintenance Phase, which I've reviewed many times, and I changed my logo just so that people didn't think that I was ripping that one off, as so many people did, uh, which you'll you'll find in my reviews if you tend to try to read my reviews. But anyway, I love the Maintenance Phase podcast. And they just did an, an episode on Oprah and her whole debacle with the the beef industry. And I listened to it because I was really curious about it. She did win that case. I mean, it was a free freedom of speech case, but she was getting sued for defamation and libel. And and anyway, I, I was curious to listen to it because I really didn't know the outcome or know the, all the details of that. But luckily, she won that. Uh, and, and I got curious because I, I know she's a spokesperson for Weight Watchers and I was curious because I'm like, well, Weight Watchers bought that telemedicine company that, that does the semaglutides. So is Oprah on the semaglutides and losing weight? So, cause I have seen her and she does look really good. And so, so she did, she, I, I Googled it and I did come across a blog of hers where she was saying that she's been on Ozempic for a year and a half and she does, she actually has type two diabetes. So she was, she was prescribed it um, by her doctor for legitimate reasons related to diabetes. She said, my blood sugar levels are normal. She's like, and yes, I've lost weight. She said, I've, so I started taking the drug before it's wonder weight loss properties hit the news you know, before Jimmy Kimmel made an Ozempic joke minutes into hosting the Oscars and before thin women who wanted to be thinner began shooting their bellies with that familiar blue pen that I use every Wednesday morning. So a little jab at women that are trying to use it for, I don't know. I mean, I think the women that are losing it for five to 10 pounds, I think that's where that's getting the, most of the backlash. I mean, I have a good friend that's using it for 20 to 25 pounds. And I mean, I don't, anyway, I, I, I think that it's fine for anybody that wants to use it if, if they choose to. Uh, there's so many different options for the semaglutides. It doesn't have to be Ozempic. And so there doesn't have to be a shortage of that specific brand. People can use other brands and get the same results. Uh, but anyway, so she said that she's like, let's get the stats out of the way first. She's like, I've lost 45 pounds since I started taking Ozempic. She's like, I'm 5'11", and I've always joked, joked that it takes a 35-pound weight loss for people to actually notice. And she's like, sadly, I can say this with authority because since my early 30s, I've lost and gained a total of 660 pounds. She's like, you read that correctly. Uh, so, you know, Oprah's very well known for fluctuating, losing a lot of weight, gaining a lot of weight. And let's be honest. I mean, it's it's losing weight is torture, right, for the most part. I mean, and it, cutting back calories I and mean, you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight, period. 
And sacrificing calories is not fun. <laughs> it does not, it's not fun to be hungry. And so with semaglutides completely taking away someone's appetite, uh, you know, it just makes weight loss easier. I mean, there's the the actual physical effects where it, it slows down gastric emptying. So it slows down, you know, how fast the foods break down in the system. So I did read something, though, that a lot of people are suffering from some hair loss, especially because they're not getting all the nutrients they need. You know, if you are cutting back on a lot of calories, you're not eating enough, you know, your your body is missing a lot of the nutrients it needs to support other other aspects of your overall health. And, and so, you know, that's just something to be aware of. I know some of the people that are taking this are taking kind of a cocktail because they're going to a concierge doctor. And there are ways that you can take extra shots to prevent muscle uh, loss and and other things. So anyway, I am going to be interviewing my friend Kate on her progress with the semaglutide shots. I did just see her at my pool party and she looks she looks great. I think, I don't know, if I had to guess, she's probably lost around 10 pounds, I'd guess. Uh, but I... It'll be interesting. I do want to, she'll be a good test case to see if people gain it back. I do think, here's my my hypothesis that is based on just my own, my own thought process and my own, you know, educated guesses, I suppose. I think that, I think with anything, right, if you do something to lose weight for a short period of time and then you go back to the same exact habits that made you gain the weight, you're going to gain the weight back, right? Like that's just that's just how it works. But I think if you're able to use the semaglutides to develop good habits, right? That is, you know, this, there's a psychological component to this for people. Like Taylor Strecker's talking about it, how it, she's drinking less. She has she has less cravings in general, cravings for food, cravings for alcohol. So this could be used for addiction too, which is really interesting. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I just think that if you are someone and my friend Kate has good habits, I mean, she is a, she is someone that works out consistently. She is someone that likes healthy food and eats nutrient dense foods often. Um, her problem is that she just, she would go away on vacation. She would gain four to five pounds and she wouldn't be able to lose it. Right. So every time she would go away, she, she, she slowly put on 20 to 25 pounds just taking a lot of vacations. And, you know, so I think that potentially when she gets down to her weight, if she continues her good habits, but if she, if, I mean, if she gets off of the semaglutides and she just goes buck wild on vacation constantly, she probably will start to gain some back. But I think she could probably maintain it for a long time without having to go back on the semaglutides. Because again, if you're working out, if you have overall good habits, then you know, you don't tend to gain as quickly uh, versus just stopping completely going back to horrible habits. So anyway, I think I think if you are someone that has wants to build good fitness, good good habits of moving your body, of eating, you know, high nu- foods with high nutritional value, lots of whole foods, high protein, like all of those things, I think you're more likely to have success keeping it off, but um, but we don't know. So that'll be a good test case, and I will be interviewing her in the near future. Um, I have a couple of other 
really interesting podcasts that are coming up. So my next show is going to be a Craving More, which is my subscription show. So anybody interested in listening to next week's show, please subscribe to Craving More. Uh, My last episode of Craving More was probably one of my best. It was on the economics of thinness, really, really fascinating information for those interested. Um, And uh, please take time to rate, review, and subscribe. Leave some stars. Leave a comment. uh, Follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. And until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.